Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I have some very special shout-outs for a few tailblazers. Thank you to Eva B. in New Hampshire, Jacob, Jeannie, Leah, Nettie, Josiah, and Reed, and Juliana and Leonel. Thank you so much, all of you for listening to Girl Tales. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful month, a wonderful year. You mean so much to me. Grown Ups Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like to hear your child's name at the top of the next episode, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. And if you'd like another way to support Girl Tales, you can head to girltalespodcast.com and purchase some of our merch. We've got shirts and masks and coffee mugs and lots of other cool stuff. I think they make perfect holiday gifts. Now on to our episode. This is Stone Soup. Enjoy. I would like to tell you about a friend of mine. I only knew her for a day, but she changed my life. She changed all of our lives. See, before we met her, we weren't exactly that generous with each other. We used to be, but somewhere along the way, we had forgotten how to be generous and why that was important. Back then, all of us grew our own foods, 
Pip Van Winkle grew onions, leeks, garlic, and shallots. The smell walking past their farm made you instantly hungry. Shirley Holmes grew vegetables like cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. Juniper had a smaller farm, but the carrots they grew were incredible. In fact, everyone grew something different and delicious. Each season, everyone would harvest the crops and trade with one another in order to create meals. We would always make sure that when we made something to eat, we made enough to share with everyone. But one year, winter settled in early. One September morning, we awoke to find a thick layer of frost on the ground. It was too early for it to be so cold, and some of our harvest didn't survive the chill. My onions! Pip Van Winkle cried. Half of them are ruined! From the next house over, I heard Shirley Holmes yell. All of my cauliflower has frozen solid. Now they're no good. Cries sprung up around the neighborhood as each person realized they had just enough of their crops left to feed their families, but no more. The mood of our town and the townspeople changed almost immediately. No more trading crops, no more meals to share. Everyone kept to themselves to try and make it through the season without going hungry. It went further than that, though. People weren't just keeping their food to themselves. If someone was cold, even, if you had a spare sweater, well, it was their fault for not bundling up. If someone was thirsty, even if you had water to share, well, the person should just go to the well and help themselves. We started to only think of ourselves and become, well, more and more selfish. Even me. As long as I have enough, I would think to myself, that's what matters. The winter dragged on for what felt like forever. Snow blanketed the ground and piled high. To be honest, it got pretty lonely. Then, one cold, wintry evening, I glanced outside my window and saw boot prints in the snow. How odd, I thought to myself. I opened the window and poked my head out, and sure enough, I could see someone walking through the village. We barely went outside our own homes anymore. As my gaze followed her path, I saw other neighbors poking their heads out of their windows to gaze at the newcomer. For the first time in a while, I bundled up and left my house to say hello. I followed the footprints to the center of town. There in the town square was a woman. Gray, wiry hair poked out from underneath her winter hat. Her clothing was frayed at the edges, and it seemed like she carried the entire contents of her life with her in the large backpack she had placed beside her. She had started a fire and was melting some snow in a large pot that hung above the flames. As I approached her, I saw her reach into her pocket and pull out two small, smooth stones. "'What are you doing?' 
I asked the stranger. Why, I am making stone soup, she said. And with that, she dropped the two stones into the melted ice water in the pot. Stone soup? What is that? I turned to look at where the voice had come from. Pip Van Winkle, who I hadn't seen since the winter chill started, was behind me. I looked and noticed other villagers had gathered around the woman to witness her strange new culinary invention. The stranger turned to Pip. You haven't had stone soup? Stone soup is absolutely fabulous where I am from. It's some of the most delicious soup. Hey, Tailblazers, I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I have some very special shout-outs for a few Tailblazers. Thank you to Eva B. in New Hampshire, Jacob, Jeannie, Leah, Nettie, Josiah, and Reed, and Juliana and Leonel. Thank you so much, all of you, for listening to Girl Tales. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful month, a wonderful year. You mean so much to me. Grown Ups Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like to hear your child's name at the top of the next episode, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. And if you'd like another way to support Girl Tales, you can head to girltalespodcast.com and purchase some of our merch. We've got shirts and masks and coffee mugs and lots of other cool stuff. I think they make perfect holiday gifts. Now on to our episode. This is Stone Soup. Enjoy. I would like to tell you about a friend of mine. I only knew her for a day, but she changed my life. She changed all of our lives. See, before we met her, we weren't exactly that generous with each other. We used to be, but somewhere along the way we had forgotten how to be generous, and why that was important. Back then, all of us grew our own foods. Pip Van Winkle grew onions, leeks, garlic, and shallots. The smell walking past their farm made you instantly hungry. Shirley Holmes grew vegetables like cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. Juniper had a smaller farm, but the carrots they grew were incredible. In fact, everyone grew something different and delicious. Each season, everyone would harvest the crops and trade with one another in order to create meals. We would always make sure that when we made something to eat, we made enough to share with everyone. But one year, winter settled in early. One September morning, we awoke to find a thick layer of frost on the ground. It was too early for it to be so cold, and some of our harvest didn't survive the chill. My onions! Pip Van Winkle cried. Half of them are ruined! From the next house over, I heard Shirley Holmes yell, All of my cauliflower has frozen solid! 
Now they're no good. Cries sprung up around the neighborhood as each person realized they had just enough of their crops left to feed their families, but no more. The mood of our town and the townspeople changed almost immediately. No more trading crops, no more meals to share. Everyone kept to themselves to try and make it through the season without going hungry. It went further than that, though. People weren't just keeping their food to themselves. If someone was cold, even, if you had a spare sweater, well, it was their fault for not bundling up. If someone was thirsty, even if you had water to share, well, the person should just go to the well and help themselves. We started to only think of ourselves and become, well, more and more selfish. Even me. As long as I have enough, I would think to myself, that's what matters. The winter dragged on for what felt like forever. Snow blanketed the ground and piled high. To be honest, it got pretty lonely. Then, one cold, wintry evening, I glanced outside my window and saw boot prints in the snow. How odd, I thought to myself. I opened the window and poked my head out, and sure enough, I could see someone walking through the village. We barely went outside our own homes anymore. As my gaze followed her path, I saw other neighbors poking their heads out of their windows to gaze at the newcomer. For the first time in a while, I bundled up and left my house to say hello. I followed the footprints to the center of town. There in the town square was a woman. Gray, wiry hair poked out from underneath her winter hat. Her clothing was frayed at the edges, and it seemed like she carried the entire contents of her life with her in the large backpack she had placed beside her. She had started a fire and was melting some snow in a large pot that hung above the flames. As I approached her, I saw her reach into her pocket and pull out two small, smooth stones. What are you doing? I asked the stranger. Why, I am making stone soup, she said. And with that, she dropped the two stones into the melted ice water in the pot. Stone soup? What is that? I turned to look at where the voice had come from. Pip Van Winkle, who I hadn't seen since the winter chill started, was behind me. I looked and noticed other villagers had gathered around the woman to witness her strange new culinary invention. The stranger turned to Pip. You haven't had stone soup? Stone soup is absolutely fabulous where I am from. It's some of the most delicious soup I've ever had. She gestured to the snow around us. And on a cold night like this, it seems like stone soup might be just the perfect thing to keep me warm. Would anyone like to try the stone soup when I'm finished cooking it? The crowd murmured in appreciation. Some of us raised our hands. The stranger gasped. Oh, 
Do you know what I just realized? I love stone soup, but the stone soup is even tastier when you add in some onions. Say, does anyone happen to have an onion or two they could spare? Pip stepped forward. Yeah, I think I could share one, maybe two, if you think that would help. I really do, said the stranger. Thank you for your generosity. Pip ran to her house and came back shortly with two onions. She had a strange expression on her face as she passed the onions to the woman cooking the stone soup. After all, it had been so long since we had shared anything with each other. That must have been hard for Pip to do. Before long, the smell of cooking onions hung in the air. More people from our town gathered around this strange woman, making stone soup. Suddenly, the woman gasped. <gasps> Do you know what I just remembered? She said. Stone soup with onions is delicious, but what really takes it to the next level is cabbage. Why, I had stone soup with cabbage one time, and it was some of the best stone soup I've ever had. Say, no one here would happen to have some extra cabbage to spare, would they? With a smile, Shirley Holmes stepped forward. I do, she said. But I want to be first in line to try this soup if my cabbage really is going to make it that good. The woman replied, Of course, there's more than enough for everyone. <laughs> Shirley left and soon came back with some cabbage to add to the simmering pot of soup. By now, everyone from the town was watching the soup cook. Some had brought out chairs and blankets to sit on. Small conversations between neighbors started. A man offered a spare pair of gloves to a child nearby. Hmm, I thought to myself. I haven't seen this in a while. Suddenly, the woman gasped. <gasps> I completely forgot... Once you add onions and cabbage, the soup just isn't the same unless there are carrots. Does someone have any carrots? Juniper stepped forward with her arms full of carrots. I thought they might make a great addition to the stone soup, so I brought a few with me. Soon, more people from the town began to step forward to volunteer their crops. Into the soup pot went potatoes, herbs, parsnips, and corn. I brought a few loaves of fresh bread I had baked to be served on the side. Someone even had to bring a second pot to cook in because there was so much soup. The mood in the air was lively. Someone had begun to play music. Laughter hung in the air for the first time all winter. At long last, the soup was ready to serve. Everyone from the town gathered, bowl in hand, to taste this famous stone soup. 
The woman was right. It was the best soup I had ever tasted. I had forgotten how wonderful it was to have a meal with Pip Van Winkle's onions. How hearty a dish could be with Shirley Holmes's cabbage. Or how sweet Juniper's carrots could be. As we sat around eating our stone soup, something else was happening, too. I looked around and saw my neighbors trading vegetables again. Everyone was smiling, laughing, even inviting each other over for meals. It had been so easy to forget how to share and to be kind to one another, and all it took was one woman and her famous stone soup to help us remember. I knew I had to thank this woman, and more importantly, get the recipe for the stone soup. I turned back to where she had been standing, and I noticed her backpack was missing. I gazed around the crowd of happy townspeople enjoying their meal. Nope, not there either. Strange. The fire was still lit, and the large pot of stone soup was still there for people to come back for seconds and thirds but she was nowhere to be found. I looked down, thinking I would never find her, when two boot prints in the snow, leading away from the center of town, caught my eye. I ran fast and followed the boot prints until I ran into the strange woman. Wait, I cried. She stopped and turned toward me, a large smile on her face. You're coming to ask me for the recipe, aren't you? How did you know? I asked. Let's just say your town isn't the first town I visited that made stone soup together. She chuckled. Pretty good, wasn't it? Yes, I said. So what's the recipe? Is there a secret ingredient? What about those stones? Were they special stones or... She cut me off. Special stones? Oh no, these were just regular stones that I picked up along the way to your village. But you're right about something being special. It was all of you. You and your generosity were the secret, special ingredient. It would have been hot water and two stones. But look, look at what you all made together. She winked at me and walked away. I watched her silhouette fade into the distance and somehow knew that although she had just changed our village forever, we would probably never see her again. I followed her boot prints back to the center of town where people were still enjoying each other's company. A few people had brought dessert. For the first time in a long time, we were a community. We were responsible for one another all because of stone soup. We decided to make stone soup a tradition. Every year in the middle of winter, we gather in the center of town to make a large pot or two of stone soup. Sure, it's changed over the years, depending on who brings what vegetable, but somehow it always tastes like the best soup anyone has ever had because we make it together. That was Stone Soup by Megan Bagala.
Produced by Chad Shaddai. Performed and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Original theme music by Eli Denby Wood and Amy Geisbers Van Wyk. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, 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 I believe in you. Remember